Okay, welcome back then, Tim Davies, Fast Ship Performance. We've got a podcast out. Well, this is the podcast. We've got an essay out. Let me see if I can find it. Right, yes, it's over here. Right, it's about Christmas. Now, I do not specialise in relationship advice, but I do give some relationship advice. I've been, um, well, with the same woman now since my early 20s, so I'm looking 20-something years. That's crazy, right? But some of the clients I work with, we, we do talk through, through, through these things. Now, the reason I wrote this essay is because we had a bit of a, not a row, but a bit of an argument over the minus uh, kind of things. And I realized that actually it's probably because of Christmas. Let's be honest, it's not anything else to do with um, our relationship or anything like that. It's to do with Christmas and what the plans are and where we're going to go. And I know what's going to happen and all these kind of things. I don't mind doing it like most of you, of you people out there as well, if you have defined parameters. So you know, I need to know when we're going to like leave the house or when we're going to go and do these things. That's just because that's how my mind works. My wife knows that. Happy to change plans at the last minute. Of course she is. Why wouldn't she be? And of course it throws everything, doesn't it? So oh, I wrote an essay. You guys get to benefit from this. Only about four minutes. Um, but it's called How Not to Destroy Your Christmas, Walk Your Fine Line. I'll go through the essay now and then we'll talk it out at the end. Okay. How to Not Destroy Your Christmas, Walk Your Fine Line. I can self-destruct. I have the power to destroy everything in my world, but I choose not to. Some days that choice is harder to make than on other days, but I take comfort in the knowledge that there are other people out there doing the same thing. I know some of these people well, but some I've never met. I watch from afar, keenly noticing how fine a line they walk. Occasionally, I'll read about someone who's done something stupid, and I'll note that they made a different choice that morning. I then briefly consider my own vulnerability. I can't do average, and this is a problem for me. I'm not saying that to gain favour. I genuinely revere those who can be satisfied with a film or favourite TV show on a Saturday night, but I just can't do it. And recently, I was asked a question on social media that got me thinking. Tim, you've probably covered somewhere in your writing or videos, but what is it like to be one day flying around at silly speeds and the next just sitting at home or behind a desk? Does it take some time to adjust? Now, when I left the Royal Air Force just under two years ago, I went straight into an aviation-based contract role. There were familiar faces and some good people to work with, but it was nine to five. And I was behind a desk for the whole day. The work was reasonably interesting, but we all knew that it would probably never come to anything. And this meant that, for me at least, it lacked purpose. When I was in the RAF, most of my work had a purpose. When you're a tornado pilot on the front line, you plan with your team for a few hours and then get airborne. Avoid ground-based and airborne threats and bomb your target. It couldn't have been more purposeful. You plan to do something and then you go and do it. Towards the end of my service, I worked behind a desk as part of a group that oversaw military flying training. This is when I first realised that there was work that was being done for which there was no end. It was work that needed to be done, but there were no milestones or significant events. It was endless nine to five and without finale, celebration, or even recognition. The work was non-specific and lacked dynamism. It was grey in comparison to the flying. Grey. But even the flying I was still doing on a part-time basis had become less colourful. For an instructor, flying training is the same few sorties repeated many times over. The only thing that differ are the students you get to teach, and I was always grateful for that small mercy. But just like the office job, instructing on jets also became routine, especially as us military pilots were constantly being frustrated by the civilization of the core service capability, the privatization of military flying training under the deeply flawed and rapidly failing United Kingdom military flying training system. 
The RF was insisting that we become average, that we conform to this new way of life and that we must accept it. But there was a problem with the service's demands, as alluded to by the world's most highly regarded fighter pilot, Colonel Robin Olds. And what Colonel Olds says here is, fighter pilot is an attitude, it is cockiness, it is aggressiveness, it is self-confidence, it is a streak of rebelliousness, it is competitiveness. There's something else, there's a spark, there's a desire to be good, to do well in the eyes of your peers and in your own mind. That's Robin Olds, United States Air Force. In my mind and in those of my fellow instructors, we were being worn down by the system and our lives were becoming average. We were lacking any autonomy or flair and we're at the beck and call of something we couldn't control. Now, Chris Gillibu, I hope that's how you say it, author of The $100 Startup, defines most people as the unremarkable average who live by a set of rules. Here are the rules. One, accept what people tell you at face value. Two, don't question authority. Three, go to college because you're supposed to, not because you want to learn something. Four, go overseas once or twice in your life to somewhere safe like England. Five, don't try and learn another language. Everyone else will eventually learn English. Six, start thinking about starting your own business, but never do. Seven, write a book, but never do it. Or think about writing a book, but never do it. Eight, get the largest mortgage you qualify for and spend 30 years paying for it. Nine, sit at a desk 40 hours a week for an average of 11 hours of productive work. 10, don't stand out or draw attention to yourself. And 11, jump through hoops. Check off boxes. Yeah, jump through hoops. Check off boxes. Yep, that's not something I'm prepared to do. I believe most pilots are the same. Now, as this year ends, I realise that there is a significance in the next. It's 2020, or as I like to call it, the year of clarity and clear vision. As we move into 2020, there is an opportunity for us all to think deeply about what we want in life, about what we feel we can tolerate and what we can't. Every day, millions of us, head to the office to do a job we hate and that hate will end up consuming us. It will define our lives. By choosing not to do something about our current situation, we are actively choosing the life we have. Everything you do or say by choice is a vote for the person you will become. Every choice you make moves you further forwards or further back. Here's a quote here. We often feel paralysed by choice and make no choice. But the thing is, no choice is a choice. If you're not doing something about it, you're doing something about it. That's by Chris Gillibu. I think that's how, he's, how you say his name. Right. Our lives are often without purpose, consisting of ill-defined goals and meaningless work. Yet we tolerate it because we don't realise that we have slowly become unremarkably average. I know that. Whenever, whatever work I'm doing, it absolutely must have a purpose. And this becomes clearer to me over the Christmas period than any other time of year. Over Christmas, many of us lack direction. The world stops, we get bored and we lash out. I know I do. Many of you reading this would say the same about yourselves. More divorces are initiated after Christmas than any time of the year. That's sad. What we expect will be the happiest of times can often end in tears as we are forced together in relationships that were already strained. The problem for many is that if we lack focus or a mission, we just make things more difficult. The devil does indeed make work for idle hands. When we're bored, forced to watch TV, or lie about the house with people we've avoided all year, we tend to look for trouble. We enter conflicts that we would normally skip when we were previously occupied with better things to do. Here's a quote. This is by Jordan Peterson, by the way, and this came out of one of the videos I saw a while back, so I want to read you this this thing I, I wrote down. Just how much trouble are you trying to cause? 
If you're not doing something important with your life, by your own definition, maybe you're prone to cause trouble just because you don't have anything better to do. Trouble is more interesting than boring. If you're not pushing yourself to the limits of your capacity, then you have plenty of leftover willpower, energy and resources to devote to causing interesting trouble. That's by Jordan Peterson. So, I am acutely aware of my ability to destroy my own world if I lack a purpose, simply because it's more interesting than doing nothing. Christmas is a difficult period for a lot of people. So how can we find contentment and not ruin the period of festivities? Personally, I set myself small tasks to do during the day and aim to get them done. It gives the day some structure. I also think about what material I need to catch up on, such as books or podcasts, try and have some meaningful conversations and stay out of any arguments. Also, I take a break from the noise, often. Lastly, the one thing that keeps me going is the knowledge that I have a choice of continuing to walk my fine line or not. And for now, that responsibility is enough. Right, and that's it. That's it. That's done. That's it. That's my Christmas essay. Not exactly a feel-good one, is it, to be honest with you? Some interesting things in that, though, really. Um, and the pictures, the pictures of gremlins in, uh, you know, gremlins singing the Christmas carol. I haven't seen gremlins for a while. I think there's a Christmas movie. They're all dressed up in Christmas attire. Brilliant. I love gremlins. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, look, it's very easy to get into arguments at Christmas time because you wouldn't normally spend this time uh, so closely matched with other people that we don't normally spend time to and also with the perception that we really have to get on and have to have fun. What I try and do at Christmas is just make sure everyone else is comfortable and having fun and I can just go and drift off and read a book or just chill out. You know, I'm an action guy. I was an operator. I, obviously, I flew jets. My kid brother's the same. We, we, we're doing people. We, we want to get stuff done. And it's, um, I think it was a madman quote. Madman quote. I tried to get off my wife. She, she told me about it. I think it was Don who said um, something like, uh, what is it? It's not like ambition is the curse of the... Uh, continually distracted or something like that you know um or ambitious distraction is the curse of the ambitious or, or dissatisfaction is the curse of the ambitious or something like that you know what i'm getting at it's like there is there is this existential unhappiness within me because i'm not getting something done does that make sense and i hate it so i have to be very careful and i have to look at the small wins uh, and it's probably something to do with you know being a, a tornado pilot being a bomber pilot um, very uh, planning focused, deliberate. Uh, you know, that's my target. I'm going to get there. We're going to do that. We're going to make it happen. I come out of that world into the civilian world, and there's a lot of people just thinking. I like thinking. Don't get me wrong. But I, you know, I'm with companies. I, I help companies. I, I work with a lot of different people trying to do these things. And a lot of the time, there's just wouldn't it be good ifs? Wouldn't it be good if you know? I'm like, yeah, it would be. Just get it done. Get it done. Get out there. Get it done. You know, fail fast and often. Just get it done. But no, that doesn't happen, of course, because people are scared and they're worried about the job. So they're very cautious in that approach. And so what happens, um, something that could be done very rapidly, something you could you could literally prototype stuff and keep going. And, and I think this is what the United States Air Force is trying to do now with, with fighter jets. It's stopping these huge 20-year projects. And it's going back to the John Boyd five-year rapid development of uh, strategic capability or tactical capability, such as let's get a small lightweight fighter made in five years. Uh, that's that sort of thing is interesting to me. That's one of the reasons I'm with Aerialist, of course, because that's exactly what we're doing. But there's frustrations in the in the whole geopolitical sphere now, isn't there, of course, um, where you can't just make these things done because people are tied up in contracts and everything else. So it's a very difficult world out there. I'm getting used to it. But what I'm trying to say in this essay is, you know, I realize that I have the ability to destroy all this. I think a lot of people do. Um, 
what do they say about the, the meek will inherit the earth? I, I heard that. I heard someone explain it. The meek wasn't the poor. The meek was someone who had the ability to do great, great damage, but decides not to. In effect, that makes sense. So the the um, so sort of the person who keeps the sword in the scabbard when really they could just go and kill everyone, but they decide not to. I think in my mind, I kind of think a lot of people are like that. It's like, yeah, you know, we could literally do something crazy and 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 what is that that's like initiate a divorce or that's you know shout at the uh, the in-laws or argue with the brother-in-law or whatever it might be or argue with the sister at christmas dinner and what is it going to really achieve you know they we have the power to do that everyone has the power to do that but really what is that going to lead to it's going to lead to you know years of 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 disharmony in in the family relationship whatever it might be and we don't want to do that so as i said at the end of this essay here you know, one thing that keeps me going over this whole period and everything else and through the years, the knowledge that I do have the choice of continuing to walk this line that I'm kind of cursed with. I think a lot of people are, but I, that's, that's also how I have a responsibility for that. And I think that's when I, when I, I, I go up with a lot of, um, I go and hang out with a lot of ex-soldiers from, um, well, a lot of them are ex-special forces guys, to be honest with you. You know, I'm over in Herefordshire, so I, you know, um, I go over to certain places and see people. And a lot of these people are on that line. I am not joking you. Seriously, these people, they're disciplined. Um, they, they are defined by their actions every single day. And they are on this line. And you want to be, you want them to be on that line. You do not want them to be off that line. These are people that are, you know, they train hard, they, they work hard, they've come out of the service and they're on this line. And geez, you know, you just keep an eye on them. They keep an eye on themselves. Their buddies are keeping an eye on them. Um, you know, I really get it. They are on a line and they literally have the ability to, to destroy their own world if they want to do it. And they realize that they realize they have that responsibility in the same way that when we go back to our Christmas and our families, we also have that ability to make that a good or bad day. And you know, it's difficult. Like with my wife here right now, what I've said is, okay, so let's not negotiate on this point because we cannot agree. Okay, whatever it might be, we cannot agree. So we're, we're going to have to keep that separate. And that's very difficult to do in a relationship. So we're going to keep that separate. But that point that we're disagreeing with, that's going to come to a head on Christmas Day because it's going to have to. So we need to define what we're doing about that before Christmas. So we said, let's just agree to disagree at the moment. That's great. And then we'll have a think about it. We'll come back and we'll just agree on how we're going to play this on that day. We'll agree before we go. Okay, we'll agree before we go. Let's work that out, okay? So if you've got some issues or you think there's some issues, you know, work that out before you get to the day because the whole point is that we have to make everyone else comfortable, make that day a special day for everyone, okay? And then get the hell out of there. Go back to our lives and then we're going to change the world in 2020, the year of clarity and clear vision. I might copyright that. Where we're going to do some more great things. Right, hopefully that's uh, enough from the podcast, guys. I don't even know how long this is. I've got to watch on here. I should have looked at it. I'll try and get this out tonight. Uh, it'll be good for you guys to listen to before Christmas Day, hopefully. Really appreciate it, okay? Talk in the new year, most probably. Some interesting things coming up. Tim Davies, Arship Performance.